morning, everybody. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad. If any kids want to come up and sing, we'd love to have them join us. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. Good morning. Welcome to our church. We have a gift for our visitors at the Connection site. Please fill out your friendship card for any prayers or concern, or just so we can get to know you. It is fun to be part of the welcoming committee here at Hamilton Center. Our ministry opportunity on the clipboard is the fish fries. They're coming up a week from Friday. So if you want to be part of that, it's a lot of fun. Good place to meet some people. Come down and join us for that. Also, next week, for our mission moment, we're going to be having Super Bowl Sunday, where we're going to collect for our, our food pantry. If you'd like to bring a donation of food for the food pantry next week, that would be great as well. Let's turn to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Dear God in heaven, you are our strength, you are our peace. Help us to focus our hearts, our minds, our thoughts, all we are on you. Bless us this day, Lord be your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're able, I'm going to invite you to stand as we sing together, Come Thou Almighty King.
flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The Lord be with you. Take a moment, if you will, and stand and share the peace of the Spirit with one another. I'd like to invite any kids who want to come forward to come on up and join me. other kids want to come on up? Come on up. Do you guys have any idea what this is? It's my family, right? What do we call this thing? It's a picture, yeah. I didn't know if you knew about them because, you know, usually we see them on cameras and computers now, don't we? But they actually still make pictures that you can frame and you can hang on the wall. And you know why I like these? Because these won't disappear into cyberspace. This will be around with me forever. And that's important because not all these people are still here with me on earth. Some of them are in heaven with God. And so I miss them and I can look at them and I can remember them. It's important to remember the people we love always, our family, our friends, and hold them close in our heart. God wants us to do the same thing with him. Do things that will help us remember him, help us to, to learn about him and to grow closer to him. What are some of the things we can do? To learn more and get closer to God. Can you think of some things? Yeah. We can read the Bible. Yeah. Anything else you can think of? You're doing it right now. Go to church. Do you have one? You can thank him. That's right. How do we do that? We say our prayers, right? Yeah, there's lots of things. And you can ask your parents about God because they know all about God and they can share with you too about God, okay? Yeah, so that's good things we can do to keep God in our lives all the time. So what are you guys thankful for this morning that you want to share? Raise your hand if you want to say something. My mom and dad and my family. The world. My sisters and brothers. My family and cats. My brother and sister. Friends and family. My family and the world. I'm like that. All right. Let's pray. 
Lord, we thank you for our families, our friends, the blessings you give to us, all the things in this world, especially for you. Keep us close to you and close to those we love. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, you guys can go out to church school. All the kids can go out to church school now if they'd like to. I'd like to invite one of our Boy Scouts to come up now and share our thankful moment with us. Good morning. My name is Ryan, and I'm a part of Troop 98. One thing that I like about Troop 98 is that the boys in the troop are always helping one another. Another thing that I like about Troop 98 is that the campouts that they go on. My favorite was Lake Placid in the Anirondacks. On the first day there, we went ice climbing, and everybody in the whole troop loved it. But the but but ne the next day we went to the skating. We went to the skating oval and went ice skating. On the last day, we went through the uh, Olympic Hall of Fame and got to see the miracle on ice. Last but not least, I'd like to thank Mr. Nesbitt and the church for the great leadership and letting us use them for our meetings and activities like Italian Night and the Court of Honor. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. What a blessing to have you all here and to have uh, the opportunity to serve uh, the community in this way by opening up our church. Amen? Congregation, amen. Let's bring our gifts, tithes, and offerings before the Lord as an act of worship to God.
Dear Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day and for the opportunity to gather and worship you. We ask, Lord, that you bless this offering and bless our Boy Scouts, Lord God, and all of the ministry and work that they do for good and for you. Be with us, Lord. Help us. Give us wisdom to know how to best use all the gifts that you have given to us that we offer up to you. We pray that they be made for the furtherance of your kingdom. We would draw many to salvation in Jesus Christ. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. I had the joy yesterday of being part of the service on the service on Saturday night, which is usually a, you know, it's a moderately sized service. It was about as packed as it is today, this morning, for this service. And um, that was because we were um, um, consecrating our new certified lay minister. There are a number of, of those folks here um, this morning. And um, it, it's just a wonderful thing. I, I was privileged to be part of uh, the training. And we did, here at Pendleton Center, handle the training for all of the uh, certified lay ministers for our um, district. And so we had all kinds of folks here, from the district superintendent, all kinds of clergy folks, and the people who were being um, recognized and consecrated. We also recognized and um, reaffirmed the consecrations of the folks who have been certified lay ministers for some time. It was quite a blessing and a joy to be here and to um, participate in that service. Um, we uh, need to keep in prayer this morning. Um, there is, uh, there was, I don't know if, if things are under control or not now, but um, on Brighton Avenue in the town of um, Tonawanda, just off Parker, um, big fire as I was driving on my way here for worship this morning. Um, I don't know what, you know what facility it was, but there were lots of emergency vehicles, lots of sirens, and more I kept seeing as I was driving down more and more emergency vehicles heading to that location. I'm not sure what happened, but um, there's something going on there. We need to keep uh, Wayne and Brenda Forrest in prayer on their, their missionary um, endeavor with the nomads. We want to make sure that we lift them up as well, all of our missionaries. Um, we have Anna Kay Anderson, who has developed some new health concerns. We want to keep her in our prayers as well. And Lorinda Morris and Ron Elman have surgeries coming up this week. Um, Ron will be having some surgery on his hand because of an injury. And uh, Lorinda is having surgery on Wednesday to remove cancer. And she's asked for all of our prayers. Um, so with these concerns and joys, of course, and those that are on your heart, let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Loving, heavenly Father, God of all creation, we are humbled in the privilege of being able to come into your presence to offer up our prayers, to offer up our joys, to know that when we are rejoicing, you rejoice with us. When we are in grief, you are grieving with us. When we are troubled, you are troubled with us. And that you desire to have us pray 
and release your power into this world where help is so very, very badly needed. Lord God, we pray right now for all of those people who are sick and infirm, who are needing a touch from you, whether it be in their spirits, their souls, or their bodies. We pray in Jesus' name that you touch them with your healing power. We pray that you give compassion and wisdom to their caregivers, whether they be medical professionals or family and friends. It is you who makes us whole, Lord. There is no one else. There is no other way to become whole and healthy and well. We are grateful for your concern for our well-being and know that you will answer the prayers of those who are in need of healing. Father, we pray for those who are grieving losses of all kinds. We pray that you would send your spirit of compassion, comfort, and peace. We pray, Lord God, that as we encounter people who are in need of compassion, who are in need of comfort, who are in need of a healing touch, that you would empower us to deliver that, to be your hands and feet, your eyes and ears, and your voice in this world. Move in us and through us, Lord, so that we can touch this world so in need of help. Lord God, we pray and lift up all of those people who are missionaries, who are out in the wider world, delivering your message of hope and forgiveness, bringing help where help is needed. We pray in Jesus' name that you keep them safe and that you make them strong and bold to carry out the work that you've called them to. And Lord, we pray for ourselves as we encounter people each and every day in our workplaces, our schools, our neighborhoods, and even our families, Lord, who need to hear your message of salvation, your message of grace and mercy, to bring a healing touch, whatever kind is needed. Help us, Lord, to be bold. Help us, Lord, to be strong, not out of our own power, but of your power in us. Now, Lord God, help us to hear, to understand, to receive the message that you bring to us this day. Let your word wash over us and fill us as we hear it spoken, transforming us into those you have called us to be. Be with Pastor Tom as he delivers the message. It's come from you, Lord. We ask that you anoint him to deliver it, that it be a blessing to him and to us. We ask, Lord God, that all of our worship be a blessing to you this day. For that, 
is why we have come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shall we hear from the word of the Lord? Good morning. morning. Today's reading is from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9 and 12 through 25. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Fear the Lord your God, serve him only, and take your oaths in his name. Do not follow other gods, the gods of people around you. For the Lord your God who is among you is a jealous God, and his anger will burn against you, and he will destroy you from the face of the earth. Do not put the Lord your God to the test as you did at Massa. Be sure to keep the commands of the Lord your God and the stipulations and decrees he has given you. Do what is right and good in the Lord's sight, so that it may go well with you, and you may go in and take over the good land the Lord has promised on oath to your ancestors, thrusting out all your enemies before you, as the Lord said. In the future, when your son asks you, what is the meaning of stipulations and decrees and the laws the Lord our God has commanded you, tell him, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord has sent wonders, sent signs, great and terrible, on Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But he brought us out of there to bring us in and give us the land he promised on oath to our ancestors. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees in the fear of the Lord our God, so that we might always prosper and be kept alive, as is the case today. And if we are careful to obey all this law before the Lord our God, as he has commanded us, that will be our righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Here again, celebrating his 30th anniversary at WBEN Radio, your AMMC, Clint Yulman. Remember that. Yep, listen to that every morning. We needed to know what the weather report was going to be because we live in Buffalo. So we've got to be prepared. You go out and you check Arthur, our thermometer. Tell us what the weather was. Some of you are too young to remember this. That's okay. It was a cold January day, and they said we'd have some light snow in the afternoon. Everybody went out about their business that day, did their thing, and in 1977, in the afternoon, we had something we call a blizzard. Well, we happened to be at our home. We lived in a fourplex. We were on one end and my sister lived on the other end. Something happened with our furnace. I don't know if it just couldn't keep up with the, with the cold, or as I think I recall it, it actually broke. So we said, we know what we'll do. We'll get in the car and go around the corner to my parents' house. They only lived around the block. And if we could walk straight across the Kensington Expressway, we could have been there in five minutes walk. So we loaded up our plants and anything that would die into our little car, and we got in the car and drove and got about one-third of the way, and the car said, this is it, this is as far as you get. 
and we were stuck. Now, some of you really have never been in a blizzard like that. These blizzards were so big that they buried tractor trailers. Imagine walking down the street with snow so deep that you had to push your way just to get through it. And have you ever been out in the cold where, where the cold wind takes your breath right away? Frightening. And we didn't have a long walk on a sunny day. It would have been an easy walk. But to tell you the truth, we were kind of wondering if we were going to make it. It was frightening. It was frightening. And the winter weather in Buffalo can be frightening. Not today, but it can be frightening. So we're afraid. So we check. So we prepare. Do we do the same thing with our God? Verse 13 of this passage, it says, Fear the Lord your God. Serve him only and take your oaths in his name. Don't follow other gods, the gods of the people around you. For the Lord your God, who is among you, is a jealous God. And his anger will burn against you, and he will destroy you from the face of the earth. We don't talk about God much that way. A God that if we abandon him, can destroy us. If we don't keep the promises we make to God, God is bound to punish us. You know that. An oath made before God is saying, God, if I don't keep these, these oaths I make, I want you to punish me. Do we think of God that way? Or do we take God for granted and assume God can't really do very much? When in reality, God can destroy us in this world, as the Bible says, and in the one to come, send us to hell. A long time ago, there was a preacher named Jonathan Edwards who transformed this upstate region. One of his most famous, famous sermons was, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. We don't think of God that way, do we? We don't think about the wrath of God and the possibility that God might do what he should do. Because the Bible says the penalty of sin is death, and if we sin, we should be condemned to hell, all of us. But we don't think of God that way. We're not afraid of God because we've shrunk God down to a little impotent God. We've made God small. We pull God out for our crisis, for, for, for our emergencies, or, or we, we, we celebrate God on our holidays and and, and special occasions of baptism or confirmation or a funeral or a wedding. But other than that, we put God away in the corner because we don't want a God that will interfere with our world and our lives. So we make him in a once in a while God. They do that in the South with the weather, you know. They look at it once in a while. Unless a hurricane's coming, there is no reason to watch the weather down there. You should see the weathermen in the South. They're like a bunch of clowns trying to put on a show so somebody will watch them. Not us. We have serious, seasoned weather people. And we don't just need weather once in a while here and there. It's playing on the radios. It's playing all day long. And now, well, let's see what Bob Sled has to tell us. Should we go or should we stay home? Is it safe? Is it going to snow? Is it going to storm? All of us who are wise have taken the time to ask those questions before heading out into the winter. 
Now some foolish folks would say, YOLO, just go for it and see what happens. And they likely learned that they should have checked before going out. Other cowardly folks decide it's too much no matter what and never go outside once winter hits. They become winter hermits and that's no fun. And still others believe that a quick glance out the window will give enough insight as to the conditions outside. Now looking out the window is a great start in determining where and when you should venture out, but it's not enough. Hey, it's me again, Bob Sled. I've come to count on something that gives me even more wisdom. I'd like to share with you my favorite television channel, the Weather Channel, of course. There's a great weather reporter that I've come to rely on for clear and accurate reporting. Even when I'm not able to watch the Weather Channel, they have this great app. Now, 24-7, 365, you can check that and see what the weather is doing now. Even more importantly, what it's going to do. Why is that important, you ask? Well, because we live in western New York, and the weather can change every five minutes. It's exciting. It's challenging. It's not like those southern states where it's always the same thing over and over. Sunny and warm. Sunny and warm. Now that's boring. We have the lake effect weather here in West New York, and our weather changes all the time. It may look like it's going to do something, but often it does something totally different than what we expected. And we weren't prepared for it because we didn't have the full story. The forecast comes on, and it says it might be a little hazy, a little snowy, a little windy, and even a little cold. So we know we have to be ready to adapt to something, but we need to know what's coming our way. The forecast continues, and then BAM! The, the radar comes on, and we see it approaching. It's a big, scary blob heading in our direction! Is it going to hit us? Stay tuned. Ever watching? Staying tuned in? Alerts from our app on the ready? It's wise, especially in West New York, to keep in constant contact with the Weather Channel. Don't leave home without it. Do we stay or do we go now? Thanks, Bob. The Weather Channel, which probably around the world is an occasionally watched channel, in Western New York, we live the Weather Channel 24-7. In fact, we have radio stations we listen to, and we don't care what they're doing on there, so long as they have the weather on there every few minutes, 24-7. We want to check the weather. 24-7, we should live with God. Hear, O Israel, this passage says, The Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Which one's left out, by the way? Mine. Very good. Very good. Jesus asked, added mine to it. Love the Lord your God with everything you've got. In verse 6, it says, These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. What do we actually love? What do we live for? What are we concerned about? What are we afraid of? What do we respect? When I was a, a little guy, we had five children in our family. The oldest was my sister. She was six years older than me. When my sister told me to do something, I did it. Now, that's because my sister, compared to me, was huge. I mean, she was like a giant. I was just a little guy. She could pick me up and throw me around. She said, put on your coat. I put on my coat. She had an effect on my everyday life. She's the boss. Do we see God that way? Or do we ignore God and forget God? We've been talking about the children of Israel 
and how they were in Egypt, and they had the blessings of God. They lived in the land of Goshen, and then they lost the blessings of God and ended up as slaves. The entire nation fell apart when they turned away from God. I've been talking about how our nation peaked in its strength and its glory as our faith in God did, and as our faith in God has been fading. Where are we headed? So we're doing what they did. We're turning to the lessons they learned in the desert of how to remember God, how to keep God in our lives. Because when we forget God, it can be dangerous. This book is a book of Deuteronomy. I told you two or three weeks ago that, that this book was actually a hidden book for a while. King Josiah came along who loved God, but several kings before him didn't believe in God, and so the nation had gotten away from God. They forgot God. So, so when Josiah came along, he said, we should do some God stuff. Let's fix up the temple. That seems like a good thing to do. So they started fixing it, and they found this book, and they started reading it, and they went, oh, man, dude, we're in trouble. We're not doing what this book says. If this is what God expects, we've got problems. Do we know? Do we know enough about God to know whether whether our life is on the right track or the wrong track, or are we so busy? You know, it says in here, be careful. Be careful when you plant your vineyards and you go about your work and you work on your houses and you do the things with the people around you that you don't forget God. Because God knows what we're like. We get, we get distracted. We get to a place where we're, we're looking around and, and watching other things and we forget who God is. We get far away from him. My sister lives in Philadelphia now. I see her a couple of times a year. She comes up, see us at the lake, talk to her on the phone. We do a couple of these email things, maybe a text once in a while. But my sister doesn't have a day-to-day -day impact on me. She has nowhere near the influence she used to have in my life. The people who influence are my life are the people who are in my life every day, my wife, my daughter, my grandson. Tell you the truth, you people have more influence on my life than my own sister does. I love her, but really, how much a part of my life is she? We've done that with God. We've made our God too small. We've turned him into a caricature of God. He's become a small part of our, God, our lives. Do we talk about him? Do we spend time with him? Does he come up in our regular conversation? Or are we embarrassed to talk about God because of what the people around us might say? In verse 14, it says, Be careful that you don't follow after the gods of the people around you in this land. Do we follow after the concerns and worries and considerations of this world around us? Do we live by what our friends at school or work say to us more than by what our God says to us? Usually in the winter, somewhere along the line, I get this panic phone call. It's typically around 10 in the morning. Pastor Tom, we got to close the church tonight. Oh, okay, why is that? There's an incredible huge storm coming our way. Right about that time, all the radio reports are going nuts. There's this huge storm coming. The Weather Channel says, we're going to get blasted by storms all over the place. Everybody starts freaking out. You know where the Weather Channel is located, by the way? Georgia. We're going to listen to what's happening in western New York 
from people who live in Georgia. Really? Really? How many of you have ever had a phone call from a panicked relative that lives out of town because Buffalo got three feet of snow and we've got a dusting, right? We're like, we're, we're fine. That doesn't happen here. Relax. Because you see, sometimes we get too far away from it. We're worried about what everybody else says instead of what we need to know what God wants us to know. It says in here that we should impress these words on our children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your forehead. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. They should be a part of our regular conversation, our everyday thoughts. Boy Scouts came in and they were standing here doing the Boy Scout law, their oath. We didn't have it up on the screen. They didn't have little cue cards. They've got it in their mind, right, boys? Because how often do you do that? Every single time you get together, right? To the point you're going, not this again. Come on, don't we have something else we could do? But it's in their minds. Just like you people who attend Pendleton Church, you're supposed to love the Lord your God with. Because I do it all the time. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. They call that in the Jewish faith the Shema. And they have something called a mezuzah. A mezuzah is a little thing that you put those words into, and you're supposed to put it on the doorpost of your house so that when you come or go, you touch that and you remember to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I actually have a mezuzah because we have a Jewish fellow who comes to our church from time to time, and he said, I moved from a house to an apartment, so I had two of these and I only need one. You want it? So I said, sure. Problem is, I put it on my front door post. I don't go in the front door, so I never see it. You see what the problem is? We have all our symbols of our faith. They're around our house. They're on our coffee table. There's a Bible. There's a cross over there. There's something to remind us of God. But we don't see it. We don't look at it. We don't spend time with it. When was the last time you sat down with your children and talked to them about God? Do we make God a part of our lives? Do we look at his scripture every day? We stay close to God. God will stay close to us and bless us. Imagine what life would be like if before you went to work, before you all walked in the doors of school, before you started engaging the craziness of this world around you, you looked at a few scripture passages to remember whose you are, who you belong to. Out in, the, out in the back of the sanctuary, there's baskets, and I've got these little cards that I made up for you. I'm calling, calling them uh, uh, scriptures, where you, I don't know what I'm calling them. It doesn't matter, because I forgot. <laughs> Doorpost scriptures, that's what they are. Doorpost scriptures. They're just different scriptures. Now, you might have other ones that you'd want to put down. These are just ones that literally came to my mind immediately. Love the Lord your God with all your heart soul, mind, and strength. 
Before you walk into school or, or work, you, you, you remember, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called, called according to his purpose. Or from Luke, do unto others as you would have others to do unto you. Or when Jesus said, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye when you've got a log in your own eye? Deal with your own business. What if we went into our lives thinking about how God would want us to live? How would we live? That song we heard says, the hazy days of winter, hang on to your hopes, my friend. That's an easy thing to say, but if your hopes should pass away, then simply pretend you can find them again. That's what the world does. Make up a slogan. Pretend. Pretend. Say something that people will get excited about, but really it has no power, no depth, no strength. These words have been around for 3,000 years because they hold power. They pull us back to God. And if we'd focus on God, can you imagine what our life would be about? Garbage in, garbage out. But what if we put the good things of God into our lives? Philippians says to us, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. We think of all the wrong stuff. We pour pain and destruction and hurt and resentment and fear and anger into our hearts. Is it any wonder what comes out when we should be pouring in the joy of God? We should have a regular life with God, which leads to his blessings. Philippians says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. John says, and ask whatever you will in my name, and I will do it for you. In the book of Luke, it says, for nothing is impossible with God. Deuteronomy says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of other people, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Imagine if we start our day, our lives, by looking at these kind of doorpost scriptures. We keep the commands of God. We live into his blessing. You see, our actions prove our faith. The Bible says, You'll know them by their fruits, by their actions. James says, you show me your faith without any actions. I'll show you who I am by what I do. We do what God wants. He'll bless us. He promised so. In verse 18, he said, do what is right and good in the Lord's sight, so that it may go well with you, and you may go in and take over the good land the Lord has promised on oath to give to you. You know, God has promised to bless you. God has decided and promised to bless you. He made an oath, a sacred promise to bless you if you'll live for God. But if we don't, we live in danger. Like the fools who pay no attention to the weather. Some of these forecasters actually, well, take a look. Yeah, this is definitely what we call the, the hurricane roar, and that's what I'm always looking for. And it's almost a subsonic. Have you ever been to a concert? That's what I'm looking for. Hurricane winds and a snowstorm. I want to go out with those. Ah, what? Shall we say crazy? 
You do crazy, foolish things. Why would you expect to be blessed? You go out in the crazy weather, you're going to get hurt. That's why we have the weather forecast. Turn away from God. And you lose his blessings. And we need his blessings now as much as any time in our lives. You know, it's interesting that God even mentions enemies in this passage. I mentioned ISIS last night. I had some guy come out of church and he was on me for five, ten minutes. Because people are afraid. People are afraid right now. People are afraid of terrorism. They're, they're afraid to let the children play in the front yard of their homes. People are afraid of people bullying them or hurting them. And you know, the odd part about it is, that's not even the greatest fear. The greatest fear most of us have is that we're going to somehow, we're going to fail. We're going to fail to live up to being the people that we really want to be. We're not going to be the husband or wife that we'd like to be. We're not going to be the moms and dads that we desire in our heart to be. We're not going to be the children that our parents can be proud of. We're not going to, going to succeed in our, our work and our efforts. We're going to somehow find ourselves failing and falling and coming up short. Why we don't talk about God? Because we're afraid that somebody will point out our failings. You say you're a Christian and you're going to talk to me about God? I know who you are. You want to know why leaders quit? You want to know why pastors finally decide to retire? People say you can't retire, pastor. It's in your blood. I'm not retiring, by the way. I got a few more years. Don't worry about it. But the reason why is because we do fail. We fail. Somewhere along the line, I make a comment in a sermon that I thought was clever, but it hurt somebody. Somewhere you, you, you try to be playful with somebody, but somehow you, you've created the wrong impression. Sometimes you try to be in every place you're supposed to be in, but somebody was counting on you being somewhere and you're not there. It's like a thousand cuts. I'm not talking about people attacking us for things that are unwarranted. We can live with that. I'm talking about when we've literally failed to be what we expect of us to be. Finally, you say, I want to get out of here and go live in one of those retirement communities in Florida and play shuffleboard. The shuffleboard court won't bug me. They don't give me any grief. And if I fail to win at shuffleboard, who cares? But if I fail to win at life, someone gets hurt. So we don't talk about God because we're afraid we won't have the right answer for our children. We don't talk about God because we're afraid that somehow people will see the failings of our life and think that reflects wrong on God. We, we're afraid to live out in that world around us. The people of Israel, they were afraid to leave Egypt. Not because it was good there, but because they didn't want to take the risk. They didn't want to go into the promised land because they would have to live for God and trust God. And it's hard in this life. How many of you would want to run to be president of the United States, really? Are these people just crazy in their mind? 
every word they say. They eat a sandwich and people are all over about why did they pick this sandwich instead of that one. I remember reading about somebody who made the mistake of not putting cheese whiz on their sandwich in Philadelphia and like this mattered, holy cats, really? We live in a world where it feels like you can't win so you don't want to try. Because somebody will criticize you, like, like the pastor getting up and saying the Weather Channel is somehow bad because they're from Atlanta. Hello, who cares where they're from? Yeah, the Weather Channel should have been located in Buffalo, but we didn't think about it. They give us weather reports 24-7. Thank God for the Weather Channel. And thank God for people that will live their lives with courage. Courage enough to go out and talk about God integrity enough to share it with their children, with their families. Our nation needs it. Our families need it. We need the blessings of God. We need the confidence of God. This passage ends by saying your children are going to come to you and ask you, how does this work? They're going to say, what's this God thing? And you know what parents tell me? Well, I don't talk to my children about God because I don't know enough about them. They're your kids. You should know more than them. And if you don't, so what? Talk to them anyways. Maybe they'll teach you something. That's okay. The Bible says a little child shall leave them. God saves. Just like he saved the children of Israel and Egypt, he gives us commands to live by that will bless our lives and guard our lives. He knows we're going to fail. He knows we're not perfect enough to keep them all. So God gave us grace. He was willing to forgive us. Anything you've ever done wrong, God can and will forgive. Can you imagine such a thing? I don't think there's a person like that. There's only one unforgivable sin in the Bible. You know what it is? You turn your back on God. It's called blaspheming the Holy Spirit. He says, how can I forgive you when you won't have anything to do with me? when you forget me, when you don't have me in your life, when you don't pay any attention to me. How am I supposed to work with that? Failure is not when we don't live our lives perfect. Failure is when we don't walk with God. We make him small. We forget him. In Second Chronicles chapter 7, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, read it with me, it says that I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. I'm going to tell you something, folks. The politicians aren't going to heal our, hand, our land. And that's not because I don't think they're not well-meaning, they're not intending to do the right thing, but because they're human like you and me, so they're going to mess up. There's nothing that's going to heal this country except the power of God. That's what's changed things in the past. If we turn to God, God will turn back to us. He promised to do it. The verse in, in Psalm 23, it says, Even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for my God is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. John says, There's no fear in love, because perfect love casts out all fear. And Nehemiah says, This day is holy to our Lord God. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Philippians says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I'll say it, rejoice. John says, 
I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and no one can take away your joy. The book of Acts, it says, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If we start our days with these kind of words, if we say these words in our heart before the people we love come to meet with us again, we can change our families, our lives, our world. Probably my favorite one, book of Genesis, right in the beginning, God said, he created everything, including you. And when he looked at you, he said, this is very good. God calls you to live to a God like that. A God who believes in you. Just wants you to believe in him.
nothing compares to your embrace, light of the world forever because he thinks we shouldn't try, though. Not because he thinks we shouldn't at least make an effort. Because the rules are there to bless our lives, not to hurt them. But God knows. And somewhere along the line, we'll fail. And so before you even came here, God decided to forgive you. In fact, whether you're aware of it or not, God decided to forgive you before you were even born. 
God made a decision to make that offer to you. But you can't do it with your back face towards God. You've got to repent, turn around, and face God. It's just like a child with their parent, you know? You've got to say, Daddy, I messed up. I'm sorry. I'm looking in the eye. So that's why we come and confess our sins. Just turn to our God, the one who can break the brokenness and heal our eyes and heal our land. So we pray to God. Dear God in heaven, I have sinned. You know what I've done wrong. You can peer into my soul. So listen as my heart speaks to your heart. Dear God, forgive me. I have sinned. Make me new. Make me fresh. Give me courage to speak of you. Give me wisdom to know about you. Plant your word in my heart. And help me to dwell in it. In Jesus' name we pray. We turn to God to confess our sin. He said he will forgive us. And so in the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Glory to God.
it a wonderful thing to know that God loved us so much that he sent his son so that we could have that relationship with God that we celebrate here at the table. Everyone is welcome to come to the table and meet with God, to receive from God all that God has for you. If you love God, repent of your sin, and seek to live in peace as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you are welcome at the table. Doesn't matter if you've never been in this church before. Doesn't matter if you've never been in church at all before. If today, this day, you find your heart is seeking God, you can know that God's the one who drew you here. And you can know that you are welcome to come to the table. Join with God, meet with God, receive from God. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Before the mountains were brought forth or you had formed the earth, from everlasting to everlasting, you alone are God. You created light out of darkness and brought forth life on the earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets and so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ in whom you have revealed yourself, our light and our salvation. In his baptism and in table fellowship, he took his place with sinners. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people by the baptism of his suffering death and resurrection. You gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, and he gave thanks to you. He broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, and he gave you thanks and praise, and he gave it to his disciples. He said, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new covenant poured out for you is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. 
Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us. As we proclaim the mystery of faith, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Shall we pray together now with the confidence of children of God, the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Will those who are serving please come forward? seek after God in your life, you're welcome to the table. You don't have to be a member of our church or anything like that. You don't even have to be a Boy Scout. If you want to come and join us today at the table, God is calling you in your heart. The table's open to everyone. Come and be blessed. Come to the table. Come to the rail for prayers for healing and anointing to light a candle. Come and join us with the Lord. We do ask that you come by the center aisles or the outside aisles. I return by those other two aisles I don't have a name for. Take the bread, dip it in the cup, and commune immediately. Come and join us with the Lord.
Somebody told me I should mention that there's blueberry waffles in the breakfast this morning in the kitchen. And the kids have tickets for the spaghetti, the Italian night dinner, and other things out in the fellowship hall at the brown table. So check it out. I'm going to invite you to stand if you're able as we're going to sing a song called Drive. Shine like the sun, make darkness. 
If we want to have these kind of relationships with people love, we love, we have to be near them. If we want to have that kind of blessed relationship with God, we got to keep God close. We got to keep God as part of our heart. We don't, we don't want to be embarrassed about God. We want to be blessed by God. We want this world to be blessed by God because God can change this world and heal our land. Amen? So now may God go out with you and bless you and carry you through this difficult struggle of the world and give you his strength and his peace and his life. So in Jesus' holy name, amen. Sister, sister. 